You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, the Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with the Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include relics dating back thousands of years were discovered in China and police release an updated sketch of a missing South Jersey girl. Here's your national news recap for the week of September 12th. The State Court of Appeals is ruling that Truck Beach in New York belongs to the oceanfront homeowners and not the general public. The years-long lawsuit pitted homeowners against local residents and fishermen who would drive onto their 4,000-foot stretch of beach. Homeowners originally sued back in 2009. The court also denied the town of East Hampton from appealing the case. New York City officials are cracking down on illegal dirt bikes and ATVs using bulldozers to crush confiscated vehicles on Staten Island. Mayor Bill de Blasio says hundreds of these vehicles have been taken off the street by the NYPD, adding they're not stopping there. He went on to say members of the community have been helpful, telling authorities where the vehicles are stored. Cops say they're also using cameras in areas where ATV and dirt bike use is common, so as to try to catch the offenders in the act. The Oregon Health Authority reports new cases of COVID-19 hospitalizations and deaths are starting to decline following the latest surge. Hospitalizations remain at a high level, which they say is unsustainable. They say the Delta variant of COVID-19 remains a threat, and they're urging Oregonians to get vaccinated, wear masks, and take other steps to reduce the spread of the virus to keep the case numbers going down. As U.S. states prepare to receive Afghan refugees following the troop withdrawal, New Jersey plans to resettle several hundred. Officials say 535 Afghan refugees will come to New Jersey from the group's initial wave of 37,000 evacuees arriving stateside for resettlement. A number of them have specifically requested refuge in states where they already have family connections. Many of those displaced previously worked for the U.S. government or military in Afghanistan. The Idaho Department of State and Welfare is activating crisis standards of care statewide. This allows hospitals to use the standards if necessary. It happens when a hospital has tapped all of its resources. The standards are guidelines that help healthcare providers decide how to deliver the best care possible under the circumstances. State health officials are urging people to get vaccinated, which will reduce the number of patients in hospitals. New York's pandemic hiring freeze is over as the Empire State's economic recovery continues. Governor Hochul announced suspension of the program, which enables state agencies to restore workforce lost during the pandemic. She also released the state's updated financial plan, which estimates $2.1 billion in revenue above projections, beating recovery expectations. Agencies may now hire without first getting a waiver from the state, although Hochul has still cautioned them to prioritize hiring for core missions and manage resources prudently. There are a number of proposed changes in a new political map of Iowa. 
The nonpartisan Legislative Services Agency has come up with a new map based on U.S. Census data. Lawmakers will meet in a special session October 5th to vote on it. If they reject it, the LSA will come up with another version. Ford Motor Company is making an additional investment in the electric versions of the popular F-150 pickup. The automaker will invest another $250 million at three Michigan plants to build the F-150 Lightning and create another 450 jobs. The truck will be built at the Rouge Electric Vehicle Center in Dearborn and the power plant and transaxles will be manufactured at the Van Dyke Electric Powertrain Center in Sterling Heights. The battery packs will be assembled in Ypsilanti. Ford plans to make 80,000 trucks a year. Minnesota Supreme Court is throwing out the murder conviction of a cop convicted of killing a woman four years ago. Former Minneapolis police officer Muhammad Noor was serving a more than decade-long prison sentence on charges including third-degree murder. Instead, he'll be sentenced again on manslaughter charge for a 2017 death of Justine Damon. She died after being shot in an alley after approaching a squad car. Weekly jobless claims are up. The Labor Department reports 332,000 Americans filed first-time claims for unemployment benefits last week. That's 20,000 more than the previous week's revised total. Experts were forecasting the numbers would come in at right around 300,000. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your national news. It's Ram, bringing you all things in recent politics for their own report. On Home Soil, this week brought the first of the ads from the incumbent Governor Murphy. His first TV campaign ads for the general election aired, indirectly addressing remarks from opponent candidate Chitterelli. According to Monmouth University polls where 52% of voters surveyed, Murphy held a 16% lead. His lead is greater in northern and central New Jersey, but trails Chitterelli slightly in South Jersey. No Democrat has been re-elected governor in New Jersey since Brendan Byrne in 1977. Across the river on the 14th, the Philadelphia police announced a new three-year contract with the city, including yearly pay raises and bonuses, also allowing the city disciplinary reform and more transparency in the associated processes. In the bigger picture, an update to last week's report on the Texas SB-8 abortion law. On the 15th, a federal judge has set Friday, the 1st of October, as a court date for the meeting between the Justice Department and the state regarding efforts towards an emergency injunction against the law. Texas has been given an order to respond to the government's motions no later than Wednesday, September 29th, while the federal government must file their reply to Texas no later than 9am on October 1st. Providers of abortion services have said that they will comply with the state law, and roughly two dozen clinics have temporarily stopped offering services altogether. Meanwhile, clinics in neighboring states report seeing a surge in patients from Texas. As of the 14th, California appeared to say no to recalling Governor Gavin Newsom. With good turnout compared to past recall elections at 9 million votes cast, roughly 64% answered no to removing Newsom. Results will be certified by October 22nd. The leading replacement candidate was Republican radio host Larry Elder. Analysis shows that votes were overwhelmingly cast by mail or early in-person voting, and from an electorate demographic that appears to be older, white, and more highly educated than those that entered ballots last November for the presidential election. The governor is up for re-election next year, and the primary, which puts candidates from all parties on one ballot, is nine months away. Newsom becomes the second governor in U.S. history to defeat a recall. In Senate, Democrats have reached a deal on revised voting rights legislation, unveiled on the 14th by Minnesota Democratic Senator Amy Klobuchar and several co-sponsors, 
based on earlier work by Senator Manchin. The new legislation, called the Freedom to Vote Act, would make Election Day a public holiday, ensure that every state offers same-day voter registration, set minimum federal standards on mail voting, and ban partisan gerrymandering, among its provisions. Additionally, flexible voter ID requirements may also be implicated for voters casting ballots in person. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer has said that they will get to the bill as soon as next week. Journalists anticipated GOP filibusters being likely. I've been Ram with Politics for Rowan Report. I'm Victoria Baker with your international news. North Korea claims it fired two ballistic missiles from a moving train. State news agency KCNA says the two missiles fired Wednesday were tests of North Korea's new railway-borne missile system designed as a potential counterstrike to anyone threatening their country. The missiles flew about 500 miles before landing in the Sea of Japan. North Korea's missile test came on the same day that South Korea tested a ballistic missile from a submarine. A grocery chain is announcing a price reduction to a popular seasonal product. Aldi says 2021 collection of wine advent calendars will be $10 cheaper this year, selling for $59 to $99. The wine calendar also features new varieties. It will be available at Aldi grocery stores that sell alcohol, along with the Empire Selection Advent Cheese Calendar. Starting on the first Wednesday in November, in a statement, Aldi said that it would be launching additional advent calendars throughout November and December. Britain's Prince Harry turns 37 this past Wednesday. He got a birthday tweet from the royal family who wrote wishing the Duke of Sussex a happy birthday today. The birthday wish came with a balloon emoji and some current photos of Harry, including one with Meghan Markle. She also turned 40 last month and also received a royal tweet. The Rolling Stones are painting their red tongue logo black in memory of the late Charlie Watts. The legendary drummer died last month at the age of 80. The Stones will resume their no-filter tour later this month in St. Louis, with their lips and tongue logo embolized on their tour merchandise and promotions. But the famous red emblem will now be all black in honor of Watts. Surviving band members Mick Jagger, Keith Richard, and Ronnie Woods have also agreed to show a montage of Watts as a tribute during the upcoming show. According to ABC News, France says that the head of the Islamic State in the Sahara has finally been killed. France announced this on Wednesday night, calling the killing a major success for the French military. The French military has been fighting the Islamic extremists since 2013. Hundreds of relics dating back over 3,000 years have been unearthed in southwest China. The Songshua Providential Cultural Heritage Administration says the items were uncovered from a series of sacrificial pits at the archaeological site called Sangshe Dei. This site has yielded thousands of ancient artifacts since a local farmer stumbled upon it in the 1920s. One of the 500 relics found is a golden mask weighing nearly a quarter of a pound, thought to hail from the late Shang destiny, which came to end in 1046 BC. Chinese state media says the ivory relics were also found, as well as a jade knife and a, and a cremonial vessel known as a zun, and several bronze figurines. Many of the relics discovered are displayed at an on-site museum throughout the investigation of the two pits remaining ongoing. That was your international news. I'm Victoria Baker. 
Now it's time for local news with me, Sam Whalen. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy is urging unvaccinated residents to get their COVID-19 shot prior to when booster shots could begin their rollout. Murphy notes that millions of people are lining up to get their booster dose. Demand could outpace supply for anyone looking to get their initial vaccine if booster shots receive federal approval. Health Commissioner Judy Percicelli is also reminding residents now is a good time to get their flu shot as respiratory illness season approaches. Last year, officials highlighted their concerns that coronavirus and flu cases would put a heightened stress on the healthcare system when combined together. Police are putting out new photos on the second anniversary of a South Jersey girl's kidnapping. Authorities are releasing an image of what Dulce Maria Alaves would look like now at the age of seven. She was just five years old when she disappeared from a Bridgeton Park in September of 2019, likely abducted by a man in a red van. The Cumberland County Prosecutor's Office wrote recently that they are still holding out hope that the child is alive and the case will remain open until Dulce and those responsible for her disappearance are located. A silent walk was held recently in the park. The FBI's Baltimore office is launching a hate crimes awareness campaign throughout Maryland and Delaware. Special Agent Tom Coyle says over the last five years, there's been a 25% increase in reported hate crimes, but the vast majority of crimes are underreported, and that has to change. The FBI says investigators only care about the people committing crimes, not the victim's immigration status. As part of the campaign, the FBI is posting flyers at local markets and awareness ads on digital billboards, buses, social media, and radio. Earlier this year, several Asian-American business owners in Baltimore were attacked, and charging documents indicate the suspect targeted them because of their ethnicity. A FedEx driver faces charges after hitting a nanny and a baby in New Jersey and then taking off. Police caught up with David Gutfield of Aramont, New York, after they say he hit the woman and baby who was in a stroller recently in Haworth. The baby is okay, but the caretaker was hospitalized with non-life-threatening injuries. Gutfield was charged with reckless driving and leaving the scene. Baltimore County Public Schools says it has a plan for students forced to quarantine at home due to COVID. Under the plan, if a student's entire class is quarantined, the district will provide virtual instruction during the school day. Students not part of an entire quarantine class can expect to get classwork to take home to complete. Since the start of the fall term, more than 800 county students have been sent home to quarantine due to their exposure to someone who tested positive for COVID-19. The New Jersey Fish and Game Council has approved an emergency bear hunt, citing public safety, but Governor Phil Murphy says it's not going to happen. The Fish and Game Council passed an emergency order recently, establishing a black bear hunt for next month. Governor Murphy has firmly opposed bear hunts ever since taking office and says non-lethal methods need to be explored, adding there's money for that in the state budget. Fish and Game officials say the black bear population has nearly doubled since 2018, adding it will continue to grow without a regulated hunt. A former U.S. attorney is joining in the race to become Pennsylvania's next governor. Bill McSwain, who was appointed by former President Trump to be the top federal prosecutor in Philadelphia, announced his bid recently, saying he would have handled the pandemic differently than how Governor Wolf did. He added that he will have no irrational and unscientific closings and no heavy-handed state dictates on how Pennsylvanians live their lives. This is McSwain's first ever run for public office, and he will be facing off against seven other Republican candidates for a spot on the ballot. Baltimore Mayor Brandon Scott has met with Police Commissioner Michael Harrison to discuss the recent violence involving young people. Recently, a 12-year-old boy, 14-year-old twin girls, and a 17-year-old girl were shot in the 1700 block of North Milton Avenue. The commissioner says investigators are trying to determine if the victims were targeted. Seven people under the age of 18 have been shot in Baltimore as of late, and Mayor Scott says the violence is entirely unacceptable. He says tackling violent crime remains his top priority, and his administration will continue to work with police and stakeholders across the city to foster a better Baltimore. I'm Sam Whalen, and that was your local news. 
I'm Kariah Bennett with your Rowan News. Discovery Hall opened today with a ceremony welcoming the Rowan University community to celebrate its newest academic building on the Glassboro campus. The $47 million four-story facility expands science education and research space to meet continued demand for enrollment. And to give us more information about the process of opening Discovery Hall, we spoke to two Rowan professors. The entire freshman class that is taking chemistry and biology go through these state-of-the-art teaching laboratories as well as enjoy the building that breeds earth and environment. I think I'm most excited for people to see our beautiful rock sculpture outside. Um, we hired uh, Thea Alvin and her team of all-female masons from Vermont, and they came down and made this gorgeous sculpture. But it's not just a pretty piece of art. It's also uh, a learning space for us. And so it incorporates seven big boulders from around the country that are important rock types for geology students to learn. It's also aligned astronomically. So during the winter solstice, the sun will come through the arch and hit these three basalt columns. And during the summer solstice, the, the sun goes through a, a, a planned hole in the wall. And so it's, it's got art, it's got astronomy, it's got geology. I think it's going to be an iconic landmark on campus. Once again, we're excited for the grand opening of Discovery Hall. I'm Karaya Bennett, and this has been your Rowan News. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, political, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Roan Report. I'm Allie Bruce, along with the Roan Radio News Team. I'm Nick Earnshaw with your news around the sports world. Roan University sports are back in action, and the Roan women's soccer team has gotten off to a quick start. The women's team is 5-1 on the year and has won three straight, including their game on Monday. The profs beat Alvernia University 2-0. The women's soccer team will play their first NJAC opponent, Rambapo, today in Glassboro at 6 p.m. From soccer to field hockey, their own field hockey team had their game postponed against Stevens this past Wednesday, but will play today at Haverford College at 1 p.m. The profs have started the year 2-1 with Christina Hivel being the leading scorer for the team. The Rowan women's volleyball team won by a final score of 3-0 over William Patterson on Tuesday. Brianna Newsom led the Profs with 12 kills as well as adding 8 digs. On the season, the women's volleyball team is 6-2 and have won 4 straight matches. They will be competing in the Eastern Tri-Match today starting at 11 a.m. From the women to the men, the Rowan men's soccer team had their game against SUNY Westbury canceled on Wednesday, but the team did, however, play on Tuesday and win by a final score of 3-2 over Washington College of Maryland in the Jimmy Mills Tournament. Willby Alfred netted two goals for the Profs in that game. The sophomore Alfred was also named United Soccer Coaches Men's Player of the Week. It was the first time a prof was selected for that honor. The Rome men's soccer team will play Ramapo on the road today at noon. Moving to football now, Rowan football dropped their second in a row last Saturday to Springfield University by a final score of 46-24. The Profs' defense struggled as they gave up 495 total yards, all of which came on the ground. Springfield utilized a triple option to their advantage, and the Profs could not contain it. 
running back for Springfield. Tim Callahan led the way, running for 151 yards and three touchdowns. As for Rowan, starting quarterback Mike Husney was 15 of 22 for 131 yards and two touchdowns, as he was also the profs' leading rusher with 93 yards on the ground. Roan football is off this week due to a bye, but they will be back in action next week on September 25th on the road against Salve Regina. This will be the first meeting between the two teams. To the Roan Cross Country team, they have had a solid start to the season with the first national poll being released and the Profs are now ranked 25th in Division Three Cross Country. They are also ranked 2nd in the Metro Region. Junior runner Justin Kelly was also named U.S. Track and Field slash Cross Country Coaches Association National Athlete of the Week. Moving along to professional sports and the National Football League, the Washington football team opened up Week 2 with a win over the New York football giants on Thursday night. As for the rest of the NFL, they will be back in action on Sunday. One team of note will be the Philadelphia Eagles as they will take on the San Francisco 49ers in their first home game of this year. Second-year quarterback Jalen Hurts surprised in Week 1 against the Falcons as he threw for 264 yards and three touchdowns. The Eagles will be home underdogs this Sunday. That was your sports news with me, Nick Earnshaw, here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Hi, I'm Megan Steckler with your Rowan Report business update. President Biden is pushing his ambitious economic plans. We're at an inflection point in this country. One of those moments where the decisions we're about to make can change, literally change the trajectory of our nation for years and possibly decades to come. Speaking at the White House, Biden argued that it is time to put the U.S. on a new path. He said that the heart of his economic agenda involves boosting the middle class. Biden said the nation's wealthiest individuals and companies need to start paying for their fair share of taxes. Legendary Oklahoma University linebacker, Brian Bosworth doesn't like the NCAA's new program to pay college athletes for the use of their name, image, and likeliness in marketing. The Boz was a consensus first-team All-American with the Sooners in 1985 and 86, and the flamboyant linebacker likely could have made millions if NIL had been in place when he played. In the interview with USA Today, this week he explained why he doesn't like it. Bosworth said the potential to make money will take away college athletes' control. He said the path to success will be altered because someone else is making the decision for you. General Motors is warning some Chevrolet Bolt owners to keep their cars parked away from other vehicles to reduce risk of fire. The car company has already recalled more than 140,000 of their Bolt EVs made within the last five years because of batteries spontaneously going up in flames. Bloomberg reports GM is issuing the warning to reduce the risk of possible blaze spreading to other cars and trucks. About a dozen fires have been confirmed and more continue to be reported. GM has said it's working with its partners to correct the battery issues. More self-driving cars are about to hit the road. That is because Walmart is testing the cars that'll involve the use of Ford Escape hybrids. They'll be deployed in Miami, Washington, D.C., and Austin, Texas. This will allow for door-to-door delivery of groceries along with other things. I'm Megan Steckler, and this has been your Business News Report. And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Brandon Searles. Hollywood is mourning the death of comedian Norm MacDonald. The former Saturday Night Live alum died on Tuesday at the age of 61 after privately battling cancer for nine years. Celebrity A-listers took to social media, paying tribute to MacDonald. Actor and comedian Steve Martin tweeted, We loved Norm MacDonald, one of a kind. 
And Jim Carrey remembered him as one of our most precious gems and an honest and courageous comedy genius. McDonald joined the SNL cast in 1993 and was best known as the Weekend Update anchor. Elton John is postponing more than 20 stops on his farewell Yellow Brick Road Tour in Europe and the UK after sustaining a hip injury. The music icon posted on Instagram Thursday he had fell awkwardly over the summer and has been in considerable pain and discomfort since then. The 74-year-old pop star says he will need to get surgery as soon as possible to make sure there are no long-term complications. The 22 canceled tour dates were originally set to kick off in November, but will now be pushed back to April 2023. However, he plans to be back on the road for his farewell tour by January of next year, starting in New Orleans. Country music legend Reba McIntyre's low-key visit to her native Oklahoma became front-page news when she had to be rescued from a collapsing building. McIntyre and six other people were touring a more than 100-year-old building in downtown Attica when the staircase collapsed Tuesday afternoon. The country star and several other people in her group were on the second floor when the staircase fell apart, trapping the group. The local fire department helped the group climb out of the building on a ladder, and McIntyre was said to be just fine. One person did sustain minor injuries and was taken to a local hospital. An official says the staircase likely collapsed because of ongoing renovations to the historic building. Aretha Franklin's 1967 classic, Respect, is number one on Rolling Stone's new list of the 500 greatest songs of all time. Rolling Stone says Respect, Franklin's first number one single, catalyzed rock and roll, gospel, and blues to create the model for soul music that artists still look to today. Coming in at number two on the Rolling Stone's 500 is Public Enemy's 1989 hit, Fight the Power, and number three is Sam Cooke's 1964 classic, A Change Is Gonna Come. All the way at number 500, but still making the cut, is Kanye West's 2007 song, Stronger. The White House is denying a claim that they offered rapper Nicki Minaj an invite to come to visit D.C. to talk about the coronavirus vaccine. Instead, a spokesperson said the White House offered her a phone call with one of their doctors to answer any vaccine-related questions. This comes after Minaj tweeted saying she was planning to go to the White House while facing backlash over her comments over the shots. She has claimed a friend of her cousin apparently had adverse side effects from the vaccine, though it's unclear which of the three available vaccines they received. Minaj also said she was locked out of the social media platform for her tweets surrounding the vaccine, but Twitter has denied taking any action against her. New Jersey native Wendy Williams has tested positive for COVID and is delaying her talk show return. Williams' social media accounts announced she had a breakthrough case. Her team also posted they expect the 13th season of the Wendy Williams show to begin on Monday, October 4th. It had been scheduled to start this coming Monday. I'm Brandon Searles, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Rowan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.